0: Hey, everyone. Since we started this show, we realized that we've changed from our original fun with using the rules to break the game. And the more we chat about DD 5th edition rules with all of our guests, we've realized that we love using the rules to make our games actually better. Now, instead of seeing loopholes for exploits, we see opportunities for creative solutions to challenges. And when some people hear rules as written, it does conjure images of rules lawyers and a denial to the rule of cool. Our hope is that by sharing how to apply, adapt, and improve the rules, you can make your games more fun for players and for DMs alike. So, thanks for joining us. Hey, this is Tony.
1: Hi, this is Bethany. Hey, this is Rachel.
2: Hi, this is Mike.
0: And don't forget, you can find D&D Raw on all of your favorite podcatchers. And please follow us on Twitter at RulesIsWritten or if you have any questions, you can email us at dm at dndraw.com, or you can join our Discord. We'll make sure to post the link in the description, and please, if possible, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. So before we begin, uh, we are going to be talking about Unearthed Arcana content, so if you want, you can check out our previous episode on what UA is. We'll make sure to post the link in the description. Also, we've already interviewed Mike here on Rules is Written, so please, if you want to check out his interview, go ahead and take a look at our episode on tool proficiencies.
2: I have not changed. I am still me. How's it going? Um, All right.
0: And today, we're going to be going over the Unearthed Arcana for the class feature variants. We'll make sure to have the link in the description for the actual PDF on this Unearthed Arcana. All right. So... Kind of jumping right into this, uh, was there a particular class feature that caught your eye?
1: Well, I think Tony's kind of getting at why we wanted to have this with you all together, because you were like, dude, we need to talk about-
2: There's a lot
0: here.
1: I think Fighting Styles was the first one.
2: <laughs> yes, Fighting Styles is big. I can now have a grappler. I can now play a luchador, legitimately.
1: Well, uh, hold on. You might want to take but a step back. you should <laughs> you? This isn't you as a person, right? You're talking about if Tony allowed you to use this for Scrib in our campaign or in any future campaign you were playing.
2: What jumped out at me since Scrib was planning on becoming a battle master is maneuver versatility, which states that for any of the maneuvers in a fighter's battle master ar- archetype, you can swap maneuvers out per long rest. And when I brought this up to you, you said no.
0: Okay. I will mention that's mainly because I see just the battle master, like the the various maneuvers you have Is you're trained to like really focus and use those maneuvers. And just like, I'm just going to sleep on it. Now I have new, like, I've honed new skills, guys.
3: But also, I forgot the old ones. <laughs> but you are essentially a battle master, not a ambush master or not a like you're not i don't know to me it's battle is all types of battling so i
2: even a battle of the mind tony no
0: no
3: no. oh
0: no. i'm not this by the way i'm not dissing the new features i'm i'm having an issue with swapping them because you slept on it
1: you're saying something swapped at night makes sense some of them really something don't Something
0: swapped on a long rest may make sense I would consider it more if it was when you gain a level in this class rather than on a long rest.
1: Well, can we look at what some of them are and think, how would this work if you suddenly woke up the next morning and you're like, guys, (laughs) guess what? (laughs) I now have a silver tongue and I am really good at lying and persuading. You're a little better at lying and persuading. Well, let's assume you're playing a fighter. You're probably way better than you were. So-
0: Maneuver versatility, yeah, you replace a maneuver uh, on a long rest. I think that's, it, it says this change reflects your physical and mental preparation for the day ahead, and I see this as just way too short of a time frame to, like, I know I was specializing in being able to, like, knock opponents down or command people to get into striking distance, but now, guys, I'm all range. I can snipe.
1: Yeah, let me give you a pitch, Tony. What if it is a fighter, someone who's like a Scriv character, who's like, okay, so I've actually been studying some textbooks. Um, So every night I go and I review like little lessons and like detailed things on, ah, this is how you ambush people. So I prepared for the day ahead, like a cram session.
3: Thoughts? I like it.
0: I still don't particularly like it because I see fighters as more such high demand of training in the class. I mean, that's why you get heavy armor and medium armor and like all these various proficiencies and in all these different weapons and stuff, because you are extremely well trained.
2: Speaking of training, if I have an opportunity to call out superior technique is an interesting fighting style, because it's just like you become a baby battle master with your single technique, instead of getting a flat bonus to archery attacks or to damage. It gives you a single superiority die and you can pick one of the Battlemaster maneuvers, which is similar to Martial Adept. I thought that was interesting.
1: How would that work if you combined it with Martial
2: Adept? Level 1, you get two maneuvers and two superiority die, which means a level 1 fighter is practically a Battlemaster.
1: Yeah, which is exciting and yet... Definitely a problem from a game balance perspective. <laughs>
2: kind of busted.
1: <laughs> you just become a, a human bit, fighter yeah. and you're like, hey, I know I'm level one, but I'm basically as good as that level three dude.
0: <laughs> I think that they can't keep this because of the feet. Why would they bother with his feet anymore?
2: What if I'm a paladin? I don't believe this is a fighting style that's available to all classes, which means that being mar- having the martial adept feet still works for other classes.
1: It's unbalanced. It's interesting, but it's unbalanced. I guess is what it comes down to. I superiority dice are great. Having played a battle master, I've never played a straight battle master. They're amazing for multiclassing because it means you just give yourself some versatility with whatever else you're doing. And I feel like they didn't think about this as something that would be multiclassed, which is odd to me. But I mean, it's it's definitely interesting because the ability to roll more dice just is fun and exciting. And it could stack nicely with other things. But I also see that if someone was very crafty and used it uh, to their advantage, it could result in being much more powerful than other characters at similar (laughs) levels. Mike is nodding like a maniac. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Much nod. Mike's like, yes, why do you think I'm here?
2: (laughs) Well, I'm not a min-maxer, but I acknowledge the design space that they're trying to take advantage of here. But can we call out
3: a couple of these
2: fighting styles? Or not fighting styles.
0: Well, actually, I
2: was going to say, Blessed Warrior.
0: Rachel, did you want to bring that up?
3: Yes. So I was looking at that and I was like, I am totally on board with this because I really like playing my paladin. But the lack of having any cantrips kind of sucks. So being able to have a couple cantrips would be really awesome. Um, I do have, I mean, on mine, I took the great weapon fighting. So I do like rerolling my ones and twos and all that good stuff. But I feel like I would actually get a lot more use out of the cantrips than that rerolling one and two because of the role I play in our party.
1: Well, in general, the game has been saying if you're a half caster, you don't get cantrips, right? That's kind of been the direction. I'm trying to think, but this only gives paladins that ability, not any of the other half casters, does it?
2: Rangers get druidic warrior, which does the same thing.
0: Yes. So they are now giving half casters cantrips as an option. It's part of their fighting. So basically, the half casters now have a fighting style option that lets them use cantrips,
2: which means that if you, for example, Ranger, I don't remember, is it Hunter that gets two fighting styles?
0: Fighters get two fighting styles, champion fighters.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, you get some additional abilities like Hunter has a Colossus Slayer ability where you get to add a d8 to damage.
0: You get a special fighting um ability
1: <laughs>
0: under certain situations.
1: I was looking at this recently because I like <laughs> rangers. <laughs>
2: okay, speaking of rangers, since we're I was gonna hold off until later, but we're here. About to say okay. I know Bethany would like to talk about this. Do we need the ranger anymore? What does a ranger do that we can't supplement through other
1: tracking, navigating, you know?
2: Nature check. Okay.
1: No, oh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of stuff that only rangers can do. And it, but basically, in some campaigns, no, you don't need a ranger.
0: It's all dependent on the campaign. A ranger is one of the most campaign, one of the most campaign specific focus. In some
1: campaigns, your group will die if you don't have a ranger because you will just wander off into the wilderness and die. It
2: feels like Deft Explorer works to adapt to that kind of pigeonholing that happens in a campaign depth explorer being the level one ranger feature that replaces natural explorer as opposed to picking your master domain whether it's like being the master of the swamp or being the master of the mountain uh you get three kind of little sub features one is additional skill proficiencies and expertise i think
0: yep basically you get expertise in a skill
2: and you get two languages which is always good you get plus five feet of movement period, as opposed to being able to ignore underbrush and everything else.
0: But you also get a climbing speed and a swimming speed. Fair. Which means that it's not like, literally, you can jump in a lake and like do your full movement.
1: <laughs> You're like, don't worry, guys, I got you. And you just paddle away. <laughs> people, people are like, he's weird, but he sure is helpful.
0: <laughs> Campaign dependent, because if your DM's not throwing water combat, or, oh, there's a mountain you got to climb, or there's a wall that's here-
2: But this is generally good compared to being locked into I-can-only-ignore-difficult-terrain in the mountains. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: I think this is overall better for the ranger than the natural explorer.
2: And then tireless, which I was really excited for and then got disappointed when I saw it was a long rest. Because it's effectively the fighter second wind at level one, where you get 1d10 plus whiz mod, and then you can use it a number of times equal to your whiz mod, which is great. And then... I saw that you could only use it on long rests. Well,
1: I, that makes sense to me because the ranger shouldn't be a fighter.
0: Also, slight note, it is uh, 10 pit points. Oh. And the second part of this ability, which actually is kind of impressive, um, you can remove exhaustion on short rests.
1: Yeah, which is pretty good. For yourself.
0: Yes, it's only for you. You don't
1: care about those other people. You're doing all the legwork as this ranger. ranger. (laughs) You're running around. (laughs) Yeah, the
0: ranger is so used to being out in the woods and being extremely active that, oh, it only takes a short rest for them to feel recovered from that level of uh, exertion.
1: Yeah, so overall, I I think this just kind of reinforces what we've seen all along is- Wizards doesn't know what to do with ragers either and they keep throwing us new stuff like here's a totally new version you like this uh here's some new stuff does this work we don't know what to do with this class we're not going to officially change it we're just going to keep giving you options so maybe you guys will play this
2: there is a lot of kit bashing available like to build on another level 1 change instead of favorite enemy which gives you the bonus to tracking a particular enemy and i think that's the one that gives you a language of your favorite foe right favorite
0: enemy you Get a language of your, your the enemy you choose. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: So if I have favored foe orc, I would learn orcish as an example. Favored foe. Sorry. In the current one, is it is called favored enemy. In this new one, it is favored foe. Foe versus enemy, very distinct. Anyway, what this does is it it's a damage fix. It gives you hunter's mark as just an inherent spell you know. And you can cast it a certain number of times equal to your wisdom modifier. Minimum of one in case you're, you know, not a wise ranger.
1: But if that's the case, what are you doing with your life?
2: (laughs) You're playing a fighter that can go in the mountains. That is about it.
1: But who's really not very good at it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Let's be honest. Wizards realized what is the spell that all rangers will take.
1: What defines a ranger having hunter's mark?
0: Also, it doesn't count towards your list of known spells as a ranger once you get spells at level two, because they're like, let's be honest, you really just should take this spell.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think the the not requiring concentration and not expending the spell slot is really nice.
2: Oh, I didn't notice that. it.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can use it a certain number of times without using a spell slot. So it's like you already have that finite number of spell slots. Now it's like you can save those for when you really need them. And still get the damage.
2: Oh, I was really piqued by the without requiring concentration. Yeah, that's a huge deal to me. Yeah, if you're in melee and you use hunter's mark.
0: Guess what? They have hunter's mark on them now.
2: Yeah, and if you get hit, you don't need to worry about like being in melee.
0: <laughs> that means also rangers can then use other concentration spells. Since I know most ranger spells are concentration that deal any sort like Especially the damage ones. But
1: here's the thing, right? We're saying this replaces favored enemy. So essentially, you're giving up everything you get for favored enemy for damage. Yes. Yes. So you lose a lot of your primary ranger abilities.
0: Which is your ability to track and have information on the
2: enemies.
3: So basically, you're not a ranger anymore. (laughs) No, 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 no. If I go
2: depth explorer and favored foe, I'm Strider from Lord of the Rings. That's it. I'm just the murder man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't really a very good ranger. It <laughs> was
3: just
2: Definitely more just, fighter build.
3: He was built for a different campaign. Okay? I know. I know. <laughs> and then the surprise. They realized there was a shift, and he's <laughs> like,
0: you know what? We're still going to call you a ranger, but really, you took like one level of ranger and like seven levels of fighter. Okay.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I love Hutter's Mark. I think it's great, but I d- wouldn't build a ranger primarily for the damage. But if you're building this as a multi class. So I think what they have here is interesting, and I think it could be useful, but it's also more of the whole, like, here's ranger stuff. I don't think there's been a lot of thought into how this actually balances it's more. Just like, here's something. You like Hunter's Mark? Here's, like, special Hunter's Mark. Take it away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone free Hunter's Mark. And you get a Hunter's Mark. <laughs> and you get a Hunter's Mark. And they
2: made an improvement on Hide in Plain Sight, which before was spend a minute putting on makeup Garpetious. to- pitch.
1: Yes. Oh, that was you do the- what's the guy from The Hunger Games? Yeah. Uh, the pita thing. You, like, paint yourself with some mud, and all of a sudden, you're like... <laughs> like
2: <laughs> and it was, like, a mechanical plus 10, and now it's just... You turn invisible.
1: Yeah. As a bonus action.
2: Just,
0: I mean, basically, just get uh Pass Without a Trace at that point. Like, for the original one. Oh,
1: pass Without a Trace is so good.
0: You get a plus 10. And you get to move. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I did not, like, hide in plain sight at all.
1: Well, but the... The big thing for Ranger that we didn't talk about was the companion options. That's the big change here that they provided, where you get these special primal beasts, beasts of the air or beasts of the earth. I'm Only beast of air and earth. Apparently we didn't get the other primal forces, just these two.
2: These, it's like, hey, so we acknowledge that bears don't have a lot of hit dice, so why not just have a beast of earth shaped like a bear?
1: Right. So it's like a bear, but it's like not a bear at the same time. You're like, yes, yes. Um, Which I think is interesting. They give them like much better abilities (laughs) than your standard bear or something like that. And they have special abilities like Primal Rebirth, uh, where if your beast dies, you can use your action and basically expend a spell slot and it just returns to life with all of its hits points back. Like, it's back, guys. <laughs> just- Which
0: I kind of get because rangers just don't get a lot of spell slots in general. So they're just like, well, if you're going to use one of your limited spell slots, here, bring back your primal creature.
2: I, I would be concerned about it being like
1: too strong <laughs> that you could just bring back all its HP.
2: Yeah, like an onion barbarian, but.
0: I mean, you use an action, but then uh, it's a minute later that it comes back.
3: Yeah. Oh. If you're in that battle for a minute, a minute, <laughs> for a minute that beast is to forever. come back, I think At you know, that got
0: that more point, problems. you're just like, dude, like you're on your own.
3: I thought I thought it was a uh,
1: lot well, rest. <laughs> I mean it is, but it's a, and then you just stand there with your arms crossed, like any second
3: now, <laughs> it's gonna happen. Please hold big bad guy, I gotta get my beast back up.
1: <laughs> but here's the thing: I do like having an animal companion as a ranger is great, but there's a lot of worry about them dying, and it makes you not use them, which is sad if that's your primary you know, purpose for being. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's a good thing to have. I'm not sure exactly how well this would work in combat. And it would be sad if you were using your few spell slots to do this more often. But it seems like as long as you're not being like, I don't know, some sort of monster, it wouldn't happen that often.
2: Mechanically. So how does Beastmaster attack work? Like, do they get a feature later on where if you make an attack, your beast makes a free attack? Because they get ready companion, which is effectively turning it into like your offhand attack. You spend a bonus action to command your beast to make its attack.
0: All right, so this is how it works normally. On your turn, you can verbally command the beast where to move with no action required by you. However, you can then use your action to verbally command it to take the attack, dash, disengage, dodge, or help action.
1: Yeah, it's bad, right?
0: (laughs) Once you have the extra attack feature, you can make one weapon attack when you command the beast to take the attack action. So you are sacrificing one of your two attacks to tell your beast to make that second attack.
1: Yeah, so you're like as a high powered ranger probably at certain points with a we'll say even just a short sword, I'm going to give up my attack action to um my bear who's going to backhand somebody with their paw.
0: At higher levels by the way, you can eventually have it where if you your beast doesn't attack, you can then just use a bonus action to command it to dash disengage dodge or help. Or at level 11, when you command it to attack, it can then make two attacks.
1: So it's bad. <laughs> so it's bad. It's
2: bad, and it feels like Ready Companion is bad. Because
1: Ready Companion
2: is bonus action to make an attack.
1: In the in the new Tarkata, yeah. It's only slightly better. It's better, but it's still not good. Every time I've looked at building a ranger, I've looked at like the whole Beastmaster path and been like, but why, though? <laughs> I mean... Why not just do Find Familiar if I want a pet that does some stuff? Like, this is in every way. Worse. Well, we were talking about Hunter's Mark. As a ranger, really, you're building up to doing good damage by stacking dice onto your attack with various different abilities. You can't do that with your companion.
2: Hunter's Mark doesn't apply to your bear's attacks. No. Only yours.
1: I mean, you can encourage that bear all you want. So, does this? your question originally, Mike, was... Do we need Ranger? My question was, does this make the Ranger better? And uh, we don't have a definitive answer. I think this
0: makes the Ranger slightly better, but overall, it's still not where it should be. Like the revised Ranger, I thought, was better as to where the Ranger should be.
1: Yes, though, so the revised Ranger is overpowered for multi-classing, which is yes, fun to play. Not so great if you're like
0: a Ranger Rogue Fighter cleric.
1: I don't know what you're Wait,
3: talking what? about. Great multi classic,
1: highly recommend. 10 out of 10. <laughs> would add to Rogue and Fighter.
2: <laughs> Honestly, I would just rather play Ranger to Fighter, however many, and then have the Outlander
1: background, and there you go. As somebody who's very pro Ranger, I would never play a, a level 20 Ranger. You basically get all your best stuff before level 10. After that, you're kind of like, um, why am I here? <laughs> I mean, why am I not a fighter? Have we
0: mentioned hide in plain
1: sight? Uh, yeah. That's
0: your level 10 ability. Your level 10
1: ability is that. The, the, the painting yourself Guess what? Spend a minute and uh, don't move. <laughs> and guys are like, why did we bring this guy with us? <laughs> it's like, oh, right. He kept us alive at lower levels. That's right. He found food. He gave us good berries. Like, uh, yeah, he had a purpose. <laughs> but like now he's kind of just a weirdo. <laughs>
0: Oh no, he was always a weirdo. He just kept us alive at the time. It was weirdo. Now we have lots
2: of HP.
1: <laughs> now we don't need him anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, quick touch on Rogue. Rogue only has one change, and that change is giving yourself advantage as a bonus action.
1: Today we're looking at that. Like yes. I'm by myself, guys, but I need advantage so I can get my sneak attack off. So I'm gonna. Is it the cutting action you're replacing?
0: Uh, no, it just it's an addition to your cunning actions. Uh-huh. So you can still uh, dash, disengage. And hide as a bonus action. But now you can also aim.
2: Which means that you cannot move.
0: Yes, you sacrifice your movement for getting advantage on
2: your next attack.
1: This is you're standing in place and drawing your crossbow and really thinking about shooting that guy in the shoulder.
2: Your speed zero thing ends on your current turn. Yes. Which means if for any reason you have a thing that says use your reaction to move X many squares, you can do that.
0: You can do that. What do you think of the features that... Just in, I mean, we talked about already that the enhancement from Rogue with the cunning action aim. What do you think of the enhancing uh, the existing features for like Channel Divinity and Wild Shape?
1: Where the game is just going, hey, here's some new options.
0: Adding on like for Channel Divinity, you get a spell slot back.
2: I like that a lot.
3: Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Also, the Wild Shape one I liked. How you can use it to do the Find Familiar um, companion trade-off instead of using one of your shape, ca- or shape changes. So I was like, that's kind of cool, because then normally what I've been doing you know, with Elaine is I change into something and kind of do some scouting. I could essentially summon a familiar, have them do it, and then still help build camp or set up camp.
0: So you know how we have the ranger. Let's just make the druid have the better version.
3: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we are superior in every way, but... <laughs>
1: No, I mean, here it's basically saying you get fine familiar. You don't get to keep it. It's only for a few hours, um, but it would be useful for scouting and things or I mean, really just scouting. That's actually the only use I can see what else unless there's something else you could use it for. I mean, yeah, it's basically just a scout.
2: Yeah, it's your it's your Disney princess. Like you call out to the woodland creatures and they come help you for a minute.
1: Well, no, no, you don't get a creature. You get a fae. Like you're like, oh, it looks like a squirrel, but there's something about those eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You have called upon the ancient <laughs> pact. Squeak
0: <laughs> a squeak squeak. Uh, squeak.
2: Yep. <laughs> I would I would totally do that. I do really like harness divine power to allow paladins to gain a spell slot from channel divinity. Paladins have very few spells available and I'm not always going to be flashing my holy symbol and turning away undead cuz channel divinity comes back after a short rest, right?
0: Uh yes.
2: So it's kind of like the, what's the name of the wizard feature that lets the arcane recovery? Yes. That lets them recover a certain number of spells? This is the paladin version of that.
0: And cleric, by the way. Clerics also can do this.
1: Yeah, it feels like a little bit with some of the casting stuff. They're like, hey, did we make half casters not good? Should we fix or give options? We bump
0: up a little (laughs) bit, make better.
1: Make more castery because magic is cool. (laughs)
0: But no, I do like it's a bonus action, but you do only get a first level spell slot.
3: That's a lot for me, though.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. For a paladin, it makes a huge difference. I don't think it does for a cleric. That you're spending your channel divinity, which is supposed to be very like special to your class, on a spell slot. And I see that as, like for a cleric, more of an emergency situation.
1: Well, here's the thing. We were talking about, like okay, not every day you're going to be turning away undead. There's more than one channel divinity option. it It would be more useful if you're like, guys, I pick something that's really just not coming up in the campaign at all. So at least it'll give me something I can do. I'm a nature cleric.
0: That's more where I see it. But like what I'm going to mention with several of these various uh, features, this comes down to just talking to the DM and the DM talking to the players ahead of time about what to expect from the campaign. That's true. I think more than just, guys, I pick something I just am not ever using. It's like, is that because. It just happens to not come up, and you never talked about it? Or did you talk about it and decide, no, no, I'm still going to go for it, and then realized, oh, well, I know he said this was never going to come up.
1: Well, yeah, if it's like, hey, the turn undead, and you're like, literally, where are all my undead? I was going to say,
0: the turn undead is a flat class feature for clerics.
2: So does this mean that you have opposition to, say, cantrip versatility?
0: So yeah, let's let's go into the versatility stuff. Cantrip versatility is you, whenever you gain a level in the class, you can replace a cantrip you've learned with another cantrip. I don't mind that.
1: I have no problem with that, because sometimes you pick a cantrip and you're like, in my head, this was going to be cool, but in reality, it's garbage. Or somebody else has something that's just more applicable to what we're doing. So, eh.
2: Guys, mending was good, but we have magic now. We, we have money to pay for new things.
0: Yeah, cantrip versatility, I don't have any issue with.
1: Especially it's when you're leveling. It's not like it's happening on a shorter long rest or sometime that it would be odd. It's just saying, yep, I'm, I'm just doing that, you know, retooling at my level anyways.
0: Speaking of which, spell versatility. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can replace a spell you've learned from the spell casting feature with another spell from your same spell list. It must be of the same level as a spell you replace. Now, this is for bards and rangers, I believe, because they have spells that they learn and then that is it. Uh, Oh, sorcerers also get this. That on a long rest, you just swap them
1: out. My gut reaction is no, but I'm trying to process why I feel that way. (laughs) Partly because it almost is like preparing spells at that point, which is not how those classes work.
0: Which then completely overrides part of the whole thing of clerics, wizards who get to swap spells that they have either been granted by their deities or they... You pick the class that does this. Now, switching spells as you level, I don't mind but switching spells as you rest. Why?
2: Yeah, because you can do that as a cleric. Cleric, you know all the spells, but
1: mm-hmm. you, you know them. all your
0: spells. Then- Druids, you know all your spells. Paladins, you know all your spells. That's why they didn't, uh, didn't get this Wizards, feature. Wizards, for- uh, you then. have a
1: textbook, um, Dude, you know, that you Switch
0: that. <laughs> every level. You auto-learn two spells of your choice, and then during the campaign... The DM can literally grant you spells if you have the money and time to do so. <laughs> if
1: you're a wizard, get rich, get into business, I believe is my sole stance on wizards.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is there is there any good reason to really allow this other than just for like the funsies?
2: You have a very difficult campaign. If you are running a grinder campaign and you feel as though by draining them of the ability to like heal a lot or- Like you make long rests matter, I could see it happening.
1: I think this kind of goes back to something Tony was saying is are these mechanically beneficial and useful and balanced tools or are these things that are to fix build problems? It's a fix. Yeah, which doesn't necessarily make it bad, but I think it makes it unnecessary as an actual rule. I think if you were having a problem, you could fix that outside of the rules. I don't think you need to say every time you long rest, you could replace a spell. Because one thing that also adds another layer to those classes where like, well, now I got to like double check and see if there's something better, which is not what they're supposed to be doing.
0: No, Wait, there's a whole new spell list that just came out in this book. I'm going to go see all of these spells real quick.
1: And
2: that happens in in this document. Uh, all the spell casting classes get new spell lists. Yes.
0: <laughs> and I'm OK with that because many new spells have come out yes. since the initial yeah. release.
2: Right. It makes me feel like this document is part like, hey, look at this cool thing we did in terms of like maneuvers. And then also, here's a bunch of errata and fixes and not necessarily errata, but it's the hot fix. It's the bug fix for the game that you're running.
0: Since you mentioned replacing and fixing, why don't we then jump into the next part? What do you think about the new features that actually replace other features? Uh, the example that like first comes up is getting rid of danger sense for barbarians and replacing it with survival instincts.
1: I will say danger sense is that one of the top abilities that I see when someone has it, they're always disappointed by what it does. <laughs> it sounds like it should make them Spider-Man and it doesn't.
0: <laughs> so danger sense is as long as you can see here, as long as none of your, your uh, perception is harmed or, or influenced in any way, you have advantage on deck saves
1: just deck saves. Not checks, just saves. Not attacks. People are like, so I can see attacks coming, and Dodger was like, no, but you are really good at getting away from falling rocks. I do like
2: Survival Instincts as a replacement, though, because sometimes I want my Barbarian to kind of be like this shaman-type character who's adept at knowing the land and dealing with animals and everything else.
1: Oh, so a ranger? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> knowing the land and reacting to the animals, but that it. also gets real angry sometimes and ignores all of that
1: other stuff. Yeah.
2: <laughs> sometimes I want to be able to talk to the spirits with my ancestral guardians and ranger don't do that.
1: Yeah, but this one, it gives you basically double proficiency in two skills, which seems bonkers to get no barbarian to me. It's limited.
2: It's not for any skill.
0: It's just for these... It's only for nature focused skills. Really, really. I mean, it's animal handling, medicine, nature, perception, and survival.
1: But it makes a major multi-classing problem, I think. It's just another way to get double proficiency.
0: Which you can become ridiculous if you go with this with Barbarian, and then you have uh, the Ranger that you can get double proficiency in one thing, and then just get Rogue for a couple other double proficiencies.
1: Okay, but leaving multi-classing aside, let's just look at it for the Barbarian. Um, It just makes them better at checks,
0: (laughs) a couple of checks. It's this one, and instinctive pounce replaces the fast movement from the barbarian.
1: What does fast movement do again?
0: Uh, your speed increases by ten feet. This one, uh, you can basically do a charging pounce on somebody. Which that that sounds more barbarian to me. Yeah, I
3: kind of <laughs> like it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds scary. If you were like the one being attacked, <laughs> you imagine like
3: <laughs> a raging person, like you stopped within fifteen, and they pounce to you, yeah,
1: and they just go whoomp, and suddenly you're like ah. <laughs> I like it mike's like this pleases me
3: <laughs> i like it as well mike
2: no it feeds into the barbarian i guess fantasy for lack of a better word <laughs> in terms of the the play cycle that you want which is charge in bash the dude in the face and then you see movement at the edge of your vision and you're like ah! yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: it literally is that because you use your reaction as long as the enemy's been moved within 15 feet of you You can use half your speed to get closer to the creature with no opportunity attacks against you.
2: Which is important because rage ends if you're not able to bash a dude in the face. No attacks and
0: no uh, damage against you until the end of your next turn. If that happens, you lose your-
1: Well, you're not getting to attack with this, right? You're just getting to move up. No,
0: it's just the movement, but you're getting in range, which means they either have to take time and disengage from you- Right. Or they just decide- I'm going to stay here, and then you can attack them, and you don't lose your I guess this range. is happening now. <laughs> um, actually, I find it funny. Most of the actual replacements are ranger replacements, by the way.
1: Oh, for the replacements? Uh, I just looked
0: at what's a replacement versus an enhancement. They're mostly
2: ranger.
1: Yeah, out of all the abilities, I think only eight are replacements. There's also like a
2: damage fix for Cleric, which I wasn't sure what to take away from it. The Blessed Strikes. Which I think right now what you get with potent spellcasting is that you get to add a D8 of radiant damage to spell attacks. And all this does is just, I I don't know, homogenize things so that it doesn't matter if you're bashing them in the face or using a spell, you get your D8 radiant. But once per turn. Is your cleric going to be getting multiple attacks? Multiclass. (laughs) Did you not hear about the Ranger Rogue
1: Fighter cleric? Level eight, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, sorry. I feel like that. I don't want to keep up, a, a multi-class, but of course, the problem we've, biggest problem we found with most of the Earth Arcana stuff is it just doesn't work at all with multi-class, or it works far too well.
2: <laughs> we haven't touched on monk. It's kind of fixing something that you get from Kensei. Like, you join Kensei because you want to use a non-monk weapon as a monk weapon. That's the one
0: thing, basically, it makes Kensei kind of, well, why am I going into Kensei?
2: It's that 1d4 on a ranged attack, Tony, is a bonus Ooh, action.
1: so good.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, I'm sorry. And uh, proficiency in either calligraphy or painter's tools. Hey, don't knock You're calligraphy, right. okay?
1: <laughs> knock
2: Kensei is, like, great thematically, but mechanically, yeah.
1: Yeah, Adam loved playing a Kensei. I think a Kensei caps out. Yeah.
0: It has a similar thing with a ranger where after a certain level, it kind of caps out and is, eh,
1: Yeah, so we've been kind of knocking some of this stuff because it's not balanced. But of course, the more stuff you add, the more unbalanced it will become. And there's so much stuff in this PDF. And honestly,
0: there's plenty of stuff in this that I actually like. I do like the expanded spell lists.
1: Yeah. So for the monk, they have the key-fueled strike. If you spend one key as part of your action, you can then immediately make an unarmed strike as a bonus action. Except you can already do that. Yeah. I I was looking at that, and I'm like, I haven't played a monk in a while. Am I missing something here? This seems totally random. You don't even
0: (laughs) need flurry of blows literally as part of your martial arts, you can attack as an unarmed strike as a bonus action as long as you've used a monk weapon or unarmed strike. Does
1: this stack with Flurry of Blows then?
0: I'm confused as to why this even exists.
1: (laughs) What are we missing?
2: Okay, so you attack, right?
1: Yes, because you're a monk. Why else are you here?
2: (laughs) And you spend your key to do like a stunning strike or something. As a part of that stunning strike, then you can take a bonus unarmed attack.
0: a As a bonus action, not a bonus attack.
2: As a bonus action, you may make a single unarmed strike.
0: So let me read something for you really quickly. When you use the attack action with an unarmed strike or a monk weapon on your turn, you can make one unarmed strike as a bonus action. Okay. A monk feature under martial arts already given, no key required. What is different?
3: <laughs> I'm so confused. If I'm not spending key...
2: ...to do an attack action.
3: But you don't need to spend a key to do an attack action. You can just attack.
2: If I'm using my action for something beyond attack, I still can attack.
1: So you're saying okay. you spend a key on something besides an attack. So you don't attack.
0: have to attack. You can just have a bonus action. So basically this still becomes useless because you there is nothing you can do at level two... ...to spend your key point to do anything as an action... Your key points are always bonus
2: actions. Quickened healing, which is a new feature that they add to key. As an action, you spend two key and heal equal to your martial arts die. So you can take a breath, quickened healing, and then still slap a guy in the face for like one
0: die. So literally this only exists for quickened healing. A tiny,
1: yes.
2: tiny edge case. <laughs> because you don't want to, because nothing feels worse than spending your action to heal 1d6.
0: But why does either of these exist? Because you're a monk.
1: I guess it's at level two. It's giving you some sort of healing ability.
0: I mean, mind you, like some of these features are actually kind of cool. And quick and healing is, interest- is interesting. So quick and healing, you spend two key points and roll a martial arts die, which means you spend all of your key points and roll a martial arts die. At level two. And you gain a number of hit points equal to that number only.
2: No wisdom modifier, no bonus.
0: You could just get one HP back. At level two, I'm seriously trying to figure out like what makes any of this better.
1: You're like, why did they write this? (laughs) Is basically what you're saying.
0: It's based off of your martial arts die, which at this level at level two, it's D4. So I can I took a hit from an enemy. I'm going to roll my D4 and hopefully get a four and then I can punch them as a bonus action. And then I'm out of key.
1: Oh, that's so sad. That's basically the rest of my party is dead. Um, <laughs> I am going to die. Like at
0: that point, I'm going to use my key to step of the wind and get yeah, out yeah, of yeah. there. Run for it, buddy. <laughs> because I can run a lot faster than most things here.
1: Yes. Please contact us if you figure out something we didn't about why this is useful.
0: <laughs> what makes this monk feature okay?
2: I like distant eye. If I want to be 300 feet away from combat, a distant eye allows for you to ignore the long range penalty after spending a single key, or rather you spend a key to ignore the long distance penalty. So what is the long distance on a long bow? 600 feet.
1: (laughs) But are you going to be doing that as a monk or are you going to be throwing a mean dart? (laughs) Well, hold on. What do you get for your ranged weapons as a monk? Nothing. To darts, darts. Darts. Oh, my gosh, this just lets you throw darts.
0: (laughs) However, if you're an elven monk, you then get, I believe,
2: longbow. Or halflings who get shortbows.
1: But, like, these are all so sad. You should just run up and punch people. (laughs) (laughs) So are we saying, out of all the new features for all these different classes, monks, you were robbed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, either why bother with Kensei now with their uh, monk weapons ability? And then why does key field strike exist?
1: Please help us, if anyone figures it out. <laughs> Send help. <laughs> Are we missing something?
0: <laughs> we were going to get into Warlock.
2: Yes,
1: there's a lot. Where do we start, Tony?
0: I mean, most of it's the, the invocations for what the new stuff that the Warlock gets, right? And then they have their new pact they can
2: do. Yeah, which is cool. You've heard of Pact of the Tome, Impact of the Blade, Impact of the Chain-
1: but have you heard
2: of Pact of the Talisman?
1: Which is what you wear. Nice jewelry is magic.
0: You're given a special amulet by your patron. Your sugared mama or daddy <laughs> gives you some nice bling. Sugar parrot. <laughs> and this bling can aid you or someone else who wears it. Um, so the wearer can make an ability check with a skill they lack proficiency in and add a D4 to the roll while having the talisman. Similar to other abilities that you get in the packs, you can perform an hour-long ceremony and get a replacement.
2: I have no problem with this. <laughs> I mean, you're spending an action to give them a d4, but it means that your role, somebody who's rolling with something that they're not adept with can do... 2d4 on top of it.
1: Building on to what you were saying at the level 3 packed ability, once you get to level 9, you can use it to add to a saving throw if you lack proficiency, which is cool. It doesn't seem too overpowered for level 9.
0: I mean, one of the early abilities you can also get is Rebuke of the Talisman, which if someone is wearing your talisman, gets hit by an attack, you can just like deal psychic damage to them and push them back 10 feet.
1: You're just like, that's my person wearing my jewelry. (laughs) That's my my friend. (laughs) We have a friendship (laughs) bracelet. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Bond of the Talisman does something more with that, where if someone is wearing it, you can use your action to teleport to them. As long as you are on the same plane of existence, or they can teleport to you.
1: Yeah, we were saying this is like a gift from your from your sugar mama or daddy, uh, from your from your patron, but it's also more like a friendship bracelet. Like you give it to someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At,
0: at that point, it's like, all right, I'm gonna go mail my talisman out to my buddy that lives halfway across the world, although I can take care of a bunch of stuff here, and then I'll just bamf over to them.
1: Yeah, great to just you, not your party. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. I only need me guys. You you start <laughs> traveling. I'll I'll show up later. <laughs> My patron needs a few things.
2: That is a good thing to do in case, like, you the DM wants you to do a personal quest or something, and then you just kind of bamf back to the party later. Yeah, in terms of that, it's interesting. I kind of like it.
1: I'd say all this is cool and interesting. Still, not as good as the other packed options to me for for usefulness. Also,
0: there's more stuff for the other packed options already. Of course, yes.
2: One thing that jumped out at me was eldritch armor. Which, as an action, you can touch a suit of armor that isn't being worn or carried, and then you immediately don it, and you are proficient with the armor until it is removed. Which, all that tells me is that warlocks can now go to shops to yep. steal armor.
1: <laughs> oh, I wore yep. this in. Did you not see me? <laughs> it is, it is or- the
2: shoplifting invocation. <laughs> still has the tag on it.
1: (laughs) I need to say, though, really, this is kind of lame when you actually think about it, though, as a full ability when most of us don't worry too much about the whole dotting armor requirements anyways.
2: It's if you get ambushed and you're not, like, screwed out of actual defenses. It lets the warlock just be
0: like, oh, yeah, no, I have armor now. We're good. It's also specifically for the warlocks that use Pact of the Blade, so for the fighter type of warlocks.
2: So shoplift plate armor as soon as
1: possible. We're saying this is a very, not something you would be using all the time. I would use it.
2: <laughs> as an action, no restriction. You can do this all day. We need to make money? Give me like a day and I will resell a bunch of plate armor.
1: You're just looking to do crime, buddy. That's, that's what you're, you're
0: saying. You're a warlock. What else do you mean to do? Friendship. Friendship. Do you not hear Akiva's calls? <laughs>
1: No, I think it's an interesting ability. I think we're finding narrative ways to make it useful. I just think it's a lot weaker than some of the other abilities. Like, I was looking at Far Scribe.
2: Far Scribe is broken economically. Oh,
1: it's so broken, but it's cool, right? Uh, so you get a new page in your Book of Shadows. With your permission, a creature can use its action to write its name, which is a number of names equal to your charisma modifier, and you can cast sending, targeting one of the names on the page without using a spell slot, without using components, and you just write the message on the The page is basically, they hear it the same as the message spelled normally, and then it disappears after a minute. And you could also magically erase the name by touching it.
0: I
2: kind of love this. It's a Rolodex.
1: Oh, I was going to say it's WhatsApp. (laughs) 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 With self-destructing messages.
2: (laughs) It's so good in the right campaign.
0: I kind of love this. This is one of the ones I'm actually, I would definitely like to use.
1: I mean, you'd be open to it. I, I think it's not... It sounds like it could be super broken if you really were maximizing this. I I suppose. I don't
0: think it's as broken as it would be because you have to have the person write their own name in the book, which means you have to have met like, them. Like, hey,
1: can you put your number in my phone?
0: <laughs> I think- well, because sending, you just need to be like aware of the person for the most part.
1: Yeah. So I mean, there are restrictions and stuff. I think it's cool. I think this
2: is meant for DMs who are building like by the book NPCs. Because this is how you have your cult of warlocks stay in communication <laughs> as they do the evil plot.
1: I like that. I'm like, this would be cool for player care to stay in touch. You're like, so let's talk about how this could be used for evil conspiracy.
2: <laughs> you said it yourself. It's WhatsApp with self-destructing communication. There's no paper trail on this. Yeah, I think Infinite it's good. Infinite
0: uses of the sending spell to a select number of people.
2: If you kill the person who owns the Book of Shadows, the thing you get from Pact of the mm-hmm. Tome. Yeah, it's all gone. Yeah, the book destroys itself, which means you don't get like the secret spy Rolodex. So
1: you're saying this is for your fantasy CIA or something like that.
2: <laughs> I'm
0: not taking notes, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> Tony's
1: like jotting this down. No, but this is one of the ones I saw and I was like, this is cool.
3: I like it. I think it's fun.
0: This is probably one of the one of the features I like the most out of all of the features in this thing.
3: I think it's the Advanced Never Cell Network. <laughs> just saying maybe this is how they do it we just don't know <laughs> this is like the next tier the platinum membership <laughs> so so we need to get Luvin in on that <laughs> I don't know if he has the money
2: <laughs> there's also the anti-death note gift of the protectors which is also pact of the tome which people write their names in your book and then when one of them is reduced to zero hit points but not killed outright they drop to one hit point instead and then it resets on a long rest
1: well, yes. Yeah. So if you have multiple people write their names, it's like, hey, it's only whoever dies first.
2: And I think
0: it the, it's the book that resets. So if multiple people have the names, if someone else happens to be reduced to zero, oops.
1: Yep. Yeah. No one can benefit from, benefit from it until you finish a long rest. But I also like the idea that you could magically erase a name. So yes. you're like, you yes. thought we were friends? Point at book. <laughs> no magic healing. That's so good.
0: <laughs> it's It's such a good like, no, no. I got you. Your name's in the book. You're fine.
2: This is so good for (laughs) intrigue.
0: Just run in and like just, you know, cause havoc. You'll be fine. Touch his name.
2: (laughs) So good. I love it.
0: (laughs) It's a perfect betrayal thing Mm -hmm. is my immediate thought for this.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a great way to know who your real friends are. You're like, guys, I can only have as many friends as my charisma modifier. So I'm afraid you didn't make the list until I become more charismatic. (laughs) (laughs) We need to stay
2: in touch. Are you on the list? I'm not sure. You Let me better <laughs> not have more than five party members.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. I thought we were friends. Mm, business partners more like. Yeah, but and- like, I just like the other people more than you, or I feel like maybe they're more useful. No offense, but...
0: See, my charisma is maxed out, so as a role, I can convince you why you're not in this book. However, you're just not in this book, so let's just deal with
1: it. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're all like... Especially drawn a package of the tome. It's probably my favorite of, of the warlock packs in general, but I like these additions. I think they're cool. It introduces this
2: idea of just like this bookish nerd of a warlock that that's just kind of aloof.
1: Oh, I thought you were say a psychopath.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> oh, Just, you, you roll into town and, you know, whoever's coordinating the party knows that they can do the far scribe. It says, hey, can you add them to the list? <sighs> I really don't want to add them to the list. They're not good enough. I need to go over here and talk with these people. Be right back.
1: (laughs) Adds an interview process to like assessing things. Yep. Regular check-ins like, hey, I know I have value as a team member, but I feel you've been underperforming lately and I'd like to swap in someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Remove (laughs) name.
0: I do find it interesting that it has to be the creature who puts its name in the book. Yes. You can't do it.
1: Well, but why Why wouldn't you want your name in the book? No, room? I
0: just mean that it has to be someone that, like, in the moment, you know, and you want to put them in the book, which is basically for party members.
1: Yeah, we didn't look at any of the Pact of the Chain, which are the ones that, uh, that's what Akiva is, right?
2: Investment of the Chain Master strikes me as kind of odd. It gives your familiar either a flying speed or swimming speed, which I think some of them already have.
1: If you pick out, like, an owl,
2: yeah. Your familiar no longer needs to breathe, which I was not Aware that that was a concern.
1: Never gave that any thought. Nope.
2: <laughs> your familiar's weapon attacks are considered magical for the purpose of overcoming resistances. If a familiar forces a creature to make a saving throw, it uses your spell save DC, which implies to me that this is more of a fix.
1: Yeah.
0: That they wanted to do for familiars, anyways. For pack to the chain, you're thinking?
1: To give them more than just standard fine familiar, right? Saying, here's some here's some fixes (laughs) to make it better.
2: (laughs) I'm just imagining though that some of these things can be very silly, like giving my cat familiar a flying
1: speed. It, <laughs> it doesn't grow awesome. wings or anything. It just kind of <laughs> floats. <just> <laughs> you're picturing puck just sort of hovering by. And you're like, hey, dude.
2: <laughs> just whatever the animal equivalent of a T-pose is. <laughs> it just floats. <laughs> this is why I don't play a warlock. Because
1: you're like, let me make this as silly as possible.
0: <laughs> what this does mean, though, is if you do take investment of the chain master, if you don't have the ability to deal magical damage with your weapon than a, your creature does. But also you have spells. it <laughs> would be so sad. Like, what are you doing if that's the case?
2: <laughs> I am a warlock with a D4 dagger and my cat can attack better than I can.
3: <laughs> the party's like, why did we hire this guy? <laughs> Can't Could you still use it if you're bound? Like, let's say you're, you're bound and tied you're set, up. You're saying, like, restrained? Yeah, you're sh- restrained, tied up, or you're in a cell or something. You're familiar, could go out. Kill the it's- guard and take the keys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is this like a level one commoner guard? That can't kill yeah. the cat?
0: You realize most familiars, if the guard like looks at them a little strictly, they'll explode and die. They have like a D4 of health at most. <laughs> it's
1: fine. But you it's could fine. try, or you could just use it to cast spells. That's what we're coming back to is like, yeah. I guess maybe you're out of spell slots in this scenario.
0: Just Eldritch Blast. Eldritch Blast. Just blast everything.
1: Basically. Rachel's like, I don't want to talk about Eldritch Blast anymore. It's it's so overplayed.
0: Okay, do some shocking grass. Make sure so your uh, your familiar can like electrocute people when they sit on their shoulders. Uh, one thing we like really only touched on was proficiency versatility.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: I'll say that like as a, a general thing. I actually don't like that. So. Whenever you gain an ability store improvement with your class, you can replace one of your skill proficiencies with another skill proficiency offered by your class at first level. The proficiency you place needed be from the class. This change represents one of your skills atrophying as you focus on a different skill. This is one to me that like the whole point of the skills as you're gaining them is the fact that you've taken all of this time to gain them in your backstory that you've taken similar to, to the fighting styles and and maneuvers for me is it's part of your backstory as how you got these skills now rogues don't get the expertise and basically they become much better at the various skills and that's different but that's why i don't like say
1: guys i don't do calligraphy anymore i do pottery
0: <laughs> well not that it's like guys remember how i'm really good at picking pockets i'm not good at that anymore I'm actually like nowhere near as good as I was. I'm now good at this other thing.
3: Well, I mean, if it's something you're not using, though, you're getting rusty.
0: What happens when you add it to rogues expertise, though?
3: It's letting you swap
1: out of stuff you shouldn't be able to swap out of is what you're saying.
0: Do you expertise in something because you're planning to use it and you realize I'm not really using this and I know I have expertise for it, but I'm just not going to be proficient in this. And then do I just get to move my expertise now?
2: That's a good point. I find that as
3: an edge. But it's saying you have proficiency, not expertise or proficiency.
0: Except with Rogue, you choose the skill you have expertise in. So if you're removing a skill that you had expertise in, what happens to the expertise?
2: A bigger concern would be something like a barbarian taking uh, survival instincts, which gives them double proficiency on five skills. And then you start training out your background skills to use those five specific double proficiency skills. I see that as more of an edge case, I think the core idea that they're trying to get at, which is you change as a person, as you adventure. I'm okay with that.
1: I think part of our bias comes from the way we play games, which is time is pretty contained. So for us, it's hard to say narratively, yes, we've leveled a few times. How would I have forgotten or have completely learned a new skill? I think that's part of it. But we're also leveling, so we're learning new stuff. But the atrophying makes less sense when you level quickly, narratively.
3: Narratively, though, in like Tony's game, it's been several weeks since we started. I have not used probably some of my skills like, I mean, it's only
1: a few weeks. I figure this is the sort of thing that takes like
0: the thing that like, if you're forgetting the skill that you've taken years to obtain, why are you losing it in a couple of weeks? That's my my issue with it.
2: By the same token, then how does taking the skilled feat work?
0: Because you've been training to get up to this point. And you are learning new skills, you're not deciding, oh, I'm going to swap these out.
1: Tony's point is, it's hard to forget how to do something. It's easy to forget information. It's hard to forget how to do things you've learned how to do quickly.
2: Okay.
0: It's it's the loss of it that I have more the issue with and the swapping out. It's like, I know, you know, I haven't really been using athletics much, but now I'm like really good at athletics.
1: I think this goes back to what you were saying before for the other things. This is a fix for when you're like, I have a build problem.
0: I think this is a fix for a build problem that can be discussed with a GM and not necessarily have to be a thing that is part of actual class
1: features.
3: Yeah, that's basically what it comes
1: down to. You're not opposed to it happening. You're just opposed to it being something that has to happen because
3: the rules allow it. So what you're saying is they should have just added a clause. Just talk to your DM.
1: Yeah. Well, it, here's where I think it's a little weird to have it be a rule because this is not a rule written. So it's not going to be something you could use to say if your DM wouldn't allow it. Ha ha, you must allow it because uh, it's in a PDF somewhere. Um, I guess you could, but it seems like it just doesn't need to be a rule that's not official.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I guess in summary, like, how do you guys feel about this list and these changes? Like, I know we've, we we kind of discussed overall that it seems like they're trying to fix issues in the original design but what are your final thoughts
1: i think it's worth reviewing if you already embrace honor darkana in your game if you're not using honor darkana this is not a good place to start it's overwhelming there's so much here and it has a lot of impacts to other classes and other abilities so if you're not super comfortable If you are not already really into tweaking, adapting, and adding content to your game, don't mess with this. It's a lot. There's a lot to to tackle. But if you have a player who's read it and they're really interested in particular things, I think it's worth having a discussion about how you can implement certain features. Um, We've kind of talked through the ones we like and don't like for the most part. and Pick and choose. But only pick and choose if you want to be ready to have to continue to make adjustments because the more stuff you add, the more unbalanced it will become, which is true of any of, the Earth, any of the Unearthed Arcana. But we didn't even get into the other Unearthed Arcana that was released after this with the new psionic subclass features, which would add a whole other layer of complexity to this. So if you want to keep things streamlined, stay away. But if you're willing to embrace change, <laughs> try try some new things. Be willing to change
0: them with your DM as you realize how broken they are. Yes. For the good or bad. And if
1: you're a player, be kind to your DM. They might say yes and then later realize that something is just too much. You know, these Mm -hmm. things happen. Mistakes were made. (laughs) It's a process.
2: That's my take on it. Things I would allow in my game would be the new fighter maneuvers and the new fighting styles.
1: And that's about it. (laughs) You're like, well, what about the expanded spell list? Those I would allow,
2: I would allow the you know, burn your channel divinity to regain a spell slot. I I would allow the fixes, except for ranger. Ranger, there's just so much there that it's almost a different class, and then you compare it with the other unearth arcana ranger. You're saying it's... just
1: don't get involved with the ranger stuff. It's not worth it. <laughs> no,
2: it's not worth it. I don't know what's going on with ranger. I don't know what's going on with monk, aside from the new monk weapons thing. Just a testament to how great Rogue is. Rogue just got an additional thing to their cunning action it's so and solid that's it. right <laughs> it warms mike's heart look i'm it's a martial guy who knows what he
0: does <laughs> he stabs i go and i stab them really hard unless
1: it's scriv mike's rogue where he's like so you're the stabbing type of rogue oh no not that no. type of rogue S- sneaking no no, no 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 stealing no no, no. no, 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 no. lock picking <laughs> No, no, no. no. It's like, what do you do?
2: (laughs) I know things. I would like the barbarian changes also. Warlock is mostly good. Talisman
1: is kind of weird, but. If you really want a warlock who believes in the power of friendship.
2: (laughs) Yeah, if you're a celestial packed warlock and you have no reason to get like a little cherub familiar guy or a sword or a magic book, here you go. You'll be helpful to the party.
0: I am a Celestial with the power of friendship. I give friendship to you. <laughs> you hold on to friendship for now. That will be the name of my talisman. It will be called friendship.
1: Oh, yeah. gosh. Basically, if you want to be an anime character, here are more
3: options. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I like some of the changes. I definitely like um, the Channel Divinity, you know, alternate. And I also like the um, that fighting style would be cool to get a couple of cantrips. So I think... I don't know. I think there's a lot of good enhancements. Overall, the, a lot of the enhancements seem pretty cool or usable. I don't know about all the replacements being useful. But um, definitely pick and choose and definitely talk with your DM about it because there might be things that they go, ah, uh,
1: no. Tony, you get to address the multi-classing elephant in the room because we didn't touch on it.
0: Oh, that it's Will completely break all multi-classing yes. if you just make your super skill monkey barbarian <laughs> rogue <Road>, and ranger.
3: <laughs> but nobody would ever do yeah, that. Yeah,
0: and that's like by level six or seven once ranger gets their second expert or uh, rogue gets their second expertise
2: and bard too, bard of all trades and. Oh yeah, add bard in there
0: so that all the rest of your skills get Ooh, half the proficiency. And warlock with
3: that talisman.
0: We're just gonna make this crazy, yeah. Let's go crazy, Good guys. We're time.
3: gonna have a luchador and a- <laughs> Mike
1: has he's forgotten the luchador. He's moved on now. This is the new the new hotness. <laughs> no, no, no.
2: This this is a part. No, this is a party where you have a bard to provide support, a warlock to provide extra firepower and support for the bard, a luchador fighter, and I guess a druid.
1: What we're saying is, do this for your one shot, not for your campaign,
3: <laughs> Unless you or are- do it for your campaign and just go off the rails. Like,
2: don't break the
0: DM. But no, like my my opinion too. I like as much as we bashed on several of the things in here. I love. I actually have no problem with cantrip versatility. Some of the changes to barbarian are fine. I don't actually have any issues with them. Uh, no to spell versatility or maneuver versatility. Beyond that, like no. Um, I. I have no problem with the canter versatility. I like some of the new maneuver options. I think they're interesting.
1: Are you going to let Mike use some new stuff for first? Yeah, for if you want to
0: pick some of these maneuvers, feel free. Silver Tongue. Yeah.
1: Cool. <laughs> so that he could do stuff you besides can. the combat.
0: Like, I actually
2: don't mind that.
1: Is this the script overcoming his social anxiety uh, maneuver?
2: Yes. Eventually, I would like to take... Skilled, since he's been hanging out with people who actually do know how to handle
1: themselves. Are you actually my a lot of people? Like, there's lots of
2: charisma people around.
1: <laughs> Every NPC scribs like, so, uh, so you seem uh, capable. C- can we, uh, can we hang out? Can I learn from you? Can I spar with you? Um, you seem cool. If like, I literally just met you, and he's like, but I'd like to start taking notes on you.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at the maneuvers. Like honestly, Silver Tongue, yeah, Studious Eye also makes sense to me for Scrib. So Studious Eye lets you, uh, as an insight or investigation check, you can expend a superiority die and add that die to the ability check.
2: I might actually have Scriv take two non-combat battle maneuvers. And that's fine. Like, that works
0: because, honestly, most of what Scriv does is not super combat focused.
2: Are you the damaging type of rogue? No. No.
0: (laughs) Which is why I looked at these and I'm like, I kind of like them. For example, I have no problem having any of these in the game. For Warlock, oh gosh, the Far Scribe was just really cool. I just really like that. A lot of the the invocations are just, I like those. I think they're interesting. So overall, I think there's a lot of really cool, interesting stuff to play with here. But it feels like mostly a fix.
1: We're all saying in summary, talk to your your players, talk to your DMs, use ua responsibly
3: (laughs) (laughs) or at your own risk yeah that too
0: thank you mike for joining us for this uh ua talk on class variant features
2: thank you for having me it's good to just talk about mechanics again
0: i know at some point we need to talk about the psionic ones yes i have thoughts that's a topic for another time
2: (laughs) until then Bye. bye bye bye